0: Backyards and Bevies host, PK, a.k.a. the mayor, has been on who knows how many tours, from Florida Georgia Line to Nickelback to Queen and all points in between. He's a systems engineer who's not technical. He's 90% covered in tattoos, and he's a dad who's just trying to stay home and raise his kid. He's a good cat. He's our guest this week. By the way, I'm on his podcast, Backyards and Bevies, so please check it out. Here's PK. All right. Thinking and drinking. Welcomes. PK. Hello. Backyards and bevvies.
1: Yes. What's hello. Going How's it going?
0: Dude, your podcast is smoking and I <laughs> love it.
1: <laughs> well, thank you very much for that.
0: So where'd you get the ideas for Backyards and Bevvies? Where'd that come from?
1: Well, um, when it all started with the pandemic and I came home from a tour um, what tour. It was Queen and Adam Lambert. And I've heard we, of them. Yeah, they're uh <laughs> they're getting big. They're starting to do some bigger arenas around the world. We're I mean stadiums. Sorry. In stadium. America? Um they had already done a big run. I ended up coming out to fill in, or I don't even know how I got it. It was so big that they needed two people to kind of run the Gosh. the front of house aspect of the show. Um but yeah, I flew home and uh It was crazy because like my wife, you know, she was telling me the whole time just to be careful. I get home and I'm like, I don't know what's going to happen. And then everything shut down. Yeah. And to jump ahead to the podcast, we were doing this, we were working on this project and my wife was like, well, I talked to another manager that's in the same field that we're going down. And she thinks that it'd be really smart for you to gain an audience and, and grow people that start to know who you are with your, with just your storytelling and your yeah. laughter and all this stuff, and so Absolutely. she came home and she's like, "You should do a podcast." And I was like, "A what?" <laughs> I was like, "I think I've heard of those. Like, I've heard of like you know a couple of these guys." That I was sounds like,
0: "Familiar." I was
1: like, w- "What do I do? Just sit in a room and talk?" And she's like, "Yeah, tell some of your stories. It'll be fun. People will enjoy them." And I was like, "I don't know." I was like, "I think I need a friend to tell these stories with." And yeah. I started thinking. about it, I was like, "Well, I, I have a." A bunch of friends that I've been around the world with and <laughs> I've had drinks with and then I said well I don't want to do it inside either because I don't know there's something about standing next to a tour bus or standing you yeah. know on a loading dock smoking a cigarette in the middle of the day and everybody's <laughs> sharing stories and I started thinking about it and for some reason I had just heard someone use the term bevy mm. and I was like that's such a white girl wasted term that it fits me you know because like I feel like for one my voice sounds like a 14 year old drunk white girl sometimes and I just have always had that kind of like I'd rather be different than I'm sure there's a show that uses beverage and I didn't even do the research and so I just threw out Bevy and then I was like why don't we just do it in our backyard it looks like a cool set and I didn't even really think about it at the time, but then Tennessee does get cold. So now we've like morphed it into, I mean, there's been studios and bevies and backyards and bevies (laughs) and kitchens and bevies. And so it's like, it's fun. It's a more of just a play on the fact that now I get to, Hang out with, like, my friends and hang out with you and hang out with people that, you know, like, I don't get to see all the time. You know, some people I talk to all the time, but I don't get a chance to
0: talk. You do have a beautiful backyard. Well, thank you
1: very much. Yeah. So that was uh, Backyards and Bevy's inception.
0: I like it. So you, uh, you started out in El Paso. Is that where you were born, El Paso? Yeah,
1: 1982. I was born in El Paso, Texas.
0: So you're only, like... <laughs> 20 years younger than me. Um, did you come from a musical family?
1: Mm, I wouldn't say musical. Like my mom, lo- I, both my parents love music. One okay. is like more. I would say like uh, like your Led Zeppelin, Leonard Skinner, and that was my mom. And then my dad was more like Genesis and like nice. uh, yeah. So I I had music in the family but
0: southern prog rock
1: (laughs) yeah (laughs) exactly yeah there's a lot of like uh i'd listen to genesis in one car and then get in the other car and there'd be you know leonard skinner playing and my mom she was the one that really got me going to concerts as a young age but i wouldn't say we were a music like we never sat down in front of a record player and listened or cd player
0: so you're not really, uh, it's not a musical family like dad didn't play nah, guitar. Whether, no, uh,
1: no, dad was a car salesman and mom was a, uh, she was like, I think a, she was a teacher in my younger years. Yeah. So.
0: so, how did you go from El Paso to Nashville? What's What's the long, <laughs> exciting story?
1: Well, you know, it's the long story. I actually just did a four part series on this. I on, saw, uh,
0: yes, it, it's again, a long backyards and bevy. Yeah, fantastic podcast. But or, I'll give
1: the I'll give a, yes. a quick version. So, my mom took me to U2 and Public Enemy when I was a kid.
0: Oh my gosh!
1: And, that, and then, so that was the first.
0: Wait, Public one. Enemy was opening for U2? Yeah, it was
1: the Zoo TV tour.
0: I saw that tour.
1: Yeah, I, maybe it was like special dates, but I was blown away. There was a guy wearing a giant clock. <laughs> there was cars <laughs> up in the in the truss, and I didn't know what truss or <laughs> stages were. I didn't know any of these things. Um, I all I saw was this dude in black with long hair on stage, and I was like, "Who is this guy?" And I, my stepmom <laughs> told me the story years later that I'd come home from that concert. I think I was like eleven or twelve. Yeah. And I was like, oh, I want to do that. And she was like, oh, you want to be like a rock star? I was like, no, I have no idea. No, I want to to wear a top. I just want to stand on the side of the stage. And he looked really cool. Mm -hmm. So then after that, she took me to Pink Floyd. I saw uh, the Pulse tour. Then I saw Rolling Stones, uh, Voodoo Lounge tour. And then she took me to, let's say, I think it was uh, Robert Plant, Jimmy Page, Unplugged. Oh, yeah. And then... I saw an Alan Jackson concert, and those are like my first memories as a little kid. So it kind of was in there. I was playing an instrument, but like I was more interested into like skateboarding and just being a troublemaker. So what,
0: what instrument were you playing?
1: Well, young I played violin. Then I went to bass. Wow. Yeah. And it was fun. I learned the Jurassic Park theme song. Like, I'll always, every, song. I can hum it in my mind all the time. But So,
0: so oh, I'm sorry to keep yeah. interrupting you. You said you went to bass. Where is that, like, electric bass or a big stand-up
1: bass? I did both. Well, I did stand-up, okay. mainly. But I played, they allowed me to play the electric, like, twice. And I was like, oh, this is so cool. Yeah. <laughs> but, this is way louder. Yeah, way, oh, it was awesome. <laughs> Everyone else was playing these, like, little, like, wooden things. And I was over there rocking. I think it was, like, a Fender-looking bass, if nice. I remember correctly. So nice. it was fun but it wasn't me and so years yeah. later I still had this like I don't know the just the live industry just seemed so cool to me. Yeah. It was just like there was fire, there was lights, there was lasers, there was all these mm-hmm. things and and so when I was 18 I was working at this barbecue place right across from the the big um arena and the stadium it's called the Sun or it's the UTEP was the school, but there was the Don oh, yeah. Haskins Center and then the Sun Bowl. And all these buses would come in and these guys would get off with tattoos and, you know, smoking cigarettes and, you know, I'd be like, I'd be over there loading ribs onto the freaking pit being right. like, man, I just want to be on one of those buses. I bet they're yeah. so cool. And so down many years later, again, I, I should say probably like four or five years later, I ended up in San Antonio and my life was going downhill. I was, into coke really I mean like just doing bad things drinking all the time I'd gained a bunch of weight and I was sitting on my floor eating pickle chips like like not pickle chips like uh pickle slices and squeezing mustard on them because I was just broke (laughs) but delicious yeah and it took me to a dark place and I was like you know what I need to change (laughs) and so I typed in I think like I'm gonna I'm gonna either say I typed in roadie or like tour manager something in that like yeah and Full sale popped up. And so oh, I was like, yeah. so El Paso to San Antonio. And I was cooking at Hooters at the time. <laughs> so I, was, I I'd put on the orange shorts a few times, but it was more just, you know, yeah. for show.
0: <laughs> You've got the legs for it. So yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think there's a lot of alcoholic beverages inside of yeah. that too, but uh, yeah, it was fun. And so, uh, yeah, I was like, I need to, ch- I need to do something with my life. And I didn't know what, but Music always came back, but not music because I wanted to go play an instrument. I just wanted to be on one of those buses. Yeah, And like Full sale sold me on right. it, man. They, they sold me on this. They had the pictures. They had the truss. Yeah. They had the lights. They had this, you know, all the things that in my mind, I had no idea what they did. Yeah. But I knew that if I went there, then I could be on the bus. So
0: was Full sale Miami?
1: Uh, Orlando. Orlando. Okay. Yeah, man.
0: So you were there for how long?
1: I ended up going to full Sail for like a year and but in that process I met um a guy named Kelly who owned a sound company. And so from like the f- my fourth month in Orlando, not knowing anything about how I, I didn't know what a mic cable was. Like that was like what? Like where's the where's the booze and the bus? Like I thought that once I got here, like there is all of a sudden this like other thing, but <laughs> then he showed me, like, slow down there, partner. <laughs> uh, there's a whole other side to you getting on that bus. And so I worked for mm-hmm. Kelly for r- right around four years Yeah. before I actually got into the A market. we He was, like, like, a local guy, so we did a lot of support stuff. We also did our own shows, but...
0: What's A market? I don't know what that is.
1: Like, the A market, like, the big green, like, playing for... Uh, you know, like queen and Adam oh, okay. would be like okay. a market touring okay. is what, uh, yeah. So he was doing more of the local side. So we would like bring in, you know, sometimes we'd just bring in support speakers or we'd bring in trust for, you know, oh, artists, okay. but then going to Claire brothers or Claire global,
0: Oh, dude,
1: it was like another giant step. And yeah. so then I moved from Orlando up to Pennsylvania to start roadie roadie school up there.
0: So, um, Claire brothers, do they, do they like sign you and then they tell you where you're going or how does, how does that work?
1: Yeah. It's a, it's a process. Like, um, they, if you, if we're going to compare, it's like going to the pros, you know, like I was, I was in the minor leagues. I was like, let's just say I was pitching for the minors. You know, I was, I had a good career. It was fun. I was learning, I was growing and I had, uh, thrown in an application once because my roommate at the time was working for them. Okay. And he it didn't go through. They were like, no, nope, no go. You, uh, you can go back to zero. <laughs> yeah. They were like, you know, like, Hey, go, you, you're going to jail. You're not like passing go here. And so uh, it was uh, like a bummer move on my part. Cause I was like, dang, I thought I, I thought I was good. And they right. like stepped me back down because to tour with them. And then I was going to tour with the U2s of the world and the guns and roses <laughs> and all these giant ones. Huge, huge. But I didn't, I didn't understand that to get there, I had to, you know, right. really step up my game. And so, when I finally reapplied for the last time, they were like, "All right, yeah, we'll take you this time because you've uh, proved to us you could do wow. it." Wow! And once you're in, then you have to go through this roadie training school that they okay. have, and it's really to learn their proprietary stuff. Sure. And once you get through there, it's kind of an open plan. It, it's open if you. Made a good impression. You can yeah. get out on a tour pretty quick. Sometimes it's just draw the luck. Sometimes really good guys sat for long periods of time because. But
0: they need to know that you can work within their system.
1: Yeah. And yeah. their system is, you know, touring <laughs> with some of these giant right. production managers too that have been clients of them for 40 years. And yeah. they need to know that you're going to go in good attitude. And so it's, it's kind of like uh, they're sizing you up the whole time.
0: Yeah. Man. So what exactly was your your job i mean what i read your what you said and a system engineer yeah what is a system engineer
1: well one one front of house guy used to call me the mayor so i, I was really good at walking around and shaking hands <laughs> like i really, i was actually um he called me the mayor for many many tours and i started off as a a pa tech which is the okay. the speakers And I would hang the speakers and then I would make sure they they plugged into the amplifiers and then everything that was sent through all the cables was all plugged in. That was my first job. Then down the road, I met this guy named Eek and he kind of, we became friends in a weird way and it was a fun way we became friends because he had heard that I was a big party animal. Mm -hmm. So he was like, oh, this is going to be awesome. (laughs) And then when we first met, I wasn't drinking. So he was like, bummer. (laughs) But leaving out of Nashville one night, we got super drunk. Like went up to Green Bay, fell on my face. Like, and we just instantly bonded after that. And through that motion of bonding, I would bring him a drink out at front of house. Like, I would just walk out there, and he'd give me a hand signal. He didn't even have to tell me; he would just uh, tip his (laughs) hand at me, and I would go back to the bus because I didn't have any other jobs. Like, I didn't have to be on stage. Yeah, like I didn't have to to monitor really anything. And so I'd go back to the bus, I'd pour him a stiff drink, and then I'd bring it to him and we became friends. And so through that process, he needed a guy for another tour. And in Claire, there was like kind of a a three-step process going through their system. Is like you were a PA tech, and then you would usually move to like stage tech, monitor tech, and then system engineer. And the system engineer was the guy that knew the whole system. He was the crew chief and in that system you knew how to like, you know tune the PA for the front of house guy right and sometimes it wasn't tuning sometimes it was just hanging it perfectly for the room cuz each room's different and so then right. you had to learn their Um, proprietary computer system that would then help you hang the speakers properly. So
0: when you came back to the room with the same PA, you probably didn't have to do all of that, right?
1: Well, each stage is different so it's like, yeah, it's like the system engineer is like a really like all tour changes, you know like everything has like, oh, now the bass player is going to, even like the same band you could be with like, they're like, oh, we're going to move the bass player 10 feet this way. So then the monitor guy has to like Ah, change his setup Yeah, yeah So the the system engineer, yeah, you're like every day was a new day some days because, yeah, you could have been in that room 10 times and it might be similar, but the PA now is 10 feet further downstage. So then I would have to learn, you know, like, okay, well, now this affects this sound and now this is bouncing off this wall over here. So maybe I'll turn these speakers down or I'll tilt them out. And so there's a lot of like – and. I'm not a technical guy. And I was kind of like laughing about that with you before we started this. Um, it was a lot of me just like, yeah, I can do this. yeah, And just crossing my, like, like, Oh my gosh, please work tonight. Please work tonight. And it would work. And I was like, okay. And then I would just put that in my wheelhouse. So when I would go back to these rooms, though, they might not have been the same. I had like a, a mental cheat sheet, like, Oh yeah, last time I hung these right here and it worked. And Let's right. see if I can get away with it again.
0: You're going, well, it sounds good to me. <laughs> Golly, dude. So you've worked with huge acts like you were alluding to. I mean, did you ever get intimidated by your gig and the act? Or was the act just act X and nothing matters? You're just doing your job and making it sound as best as you can make it. I mean, like when you see Brian May walking down the hall or (laughs) Kenny Chesney or, or whoever. Yeah. And you go like, holy crap, that's Brian May. (laughs) Does that ever, did that ever come into your wheelhouse?
1: The more tattoos I got, I think the more (laughs) they thought that I was an artist going to see them. So it was kind of like, I don't know if I intimidated them sometimes or, or I I would say that I always knew who great was because they always treated you and respected you differently. Mm, Yeah so to me it was more like i understand who these guys are because they're i saw them backstage just like drinking a bottle of water and talking to his wife on the phone or you know like yeah to me i I was more always starstruck by like i grew up in dirt like with dirt bikes and stuff so to me like artists weren't my starstruck and so like yeah i'd walk by a brian may like in catering and he'd say hi and i'd say hi and then But in my mind, I knew, like, he was, you know, like, okay, like, that's a great guitar player, and he's done a lot of cool stuff in his life.
0: And he's eating a ham sandwich.
1: And now he's, yeah, just eating, I'm not going to go bug him (laughs) and tell him how great he is, because there's 40 million other people that will tell him that. And so, to me, it was really, I learned that I could make a lot of money, and I was kind of good at, like, scooting by as a system engineer, Yeah, but I was really good at shaking the hands and kissing the babies. so... It was, to me, a paycheck, though I loved it, and it was a fun—I loved the road, I loved all my friends, but yeah, I was never a, like, Like ooh—like Paul Simon, for instance, when I got my throat tattooed. Oh, yeah. We were playing the Beacon Theater, and I had just come back from getting my throat tattooed the night before. You know, Paul's not a tall guy, right? So he, like, came up to, like, my shoulder. And I was down, messing with, like, the wedge that was by his— his pedal board and I stood up and there's Paul and like in a cardigan and you know glasses on and he's like hey Phil he's like wow and he's like heads like tilting, like he's like not sure what's on my throat my throat's all swollen and you know it's all <laughs> greased up from all the lotion and I'm like hey what's up Paul he's like oh why why did you tattoo your your throat and I'm like Oh, it like hurt me. Like dad, don't, don't ask me that question. Like I did it cause I thought I looked cool, but you just, you just ruined it for me, Paul. Um, but that was another great guy that like the conversation wasn't about Paul Simon. It was yeah. about, he would ask me like how my day was and it would, that was, that would blow my mind more than, him putting out yeah. some of the greatest songs in the world.
0: That's one of those cool things. Like when you have the act come to you and go like, so so you have a, a Toyota four runner, right? I'm thinking about buying my daughter a car. Do you like, do you like that car? Yeah. <laughs> and it's like, what do you like about it? What don't you, you know? Yeah. And, and you just realize, I remember I was working with Metallica uh-huh. and we were out here at Starwood before it was torn down uh-huh. and I was hanging out with Kirk and Hammett and he was, on his phone with his wife, Yeah, they were buying insurance.
1: <laughs> Doing the, normal
0: things. Yeah, for the pickup <laughs> back in the valley, you know, I mean, sorry, in San Francisco. And it was like, oh, yeah, you're just a dude, aren't you? Just a dude. I mean, you're going to get up there and smash 15,000 yeah. people. Oh, yeah. But right now, you're just a dude. And
1: that's and that's what I think I loved at times about touring was those interactions that I get to hold in my mind forever, you know, like, and, and a lot of those, I would never, I n- never took a photo with half the artist. Oh I, yeah. I I'd I'd can't, I out. think I might have like five photos with the artists that I've worked with.
0: I'm the same way.
1: Even though like it was cool and people would be like, oh yep. man, I was more always about the storytelling. So I think having a podcast is fun because now like people yeah. can hear the story and they're like, oh wow, i that's cool
0: <laughs> and You can have some of those people on your podcast yeah. And I've got their names in my phone <laughs> yeah. And I've got their cell phone numbers yeah. But I may not have a picture of them on the wall Exactly, yeah. no, 100% I, I'm, I'm, I'm with you Was there any uh, Oh man, I don't know how to say this Was there People that you met That you wished you wouldn't have You know I mean uh, <laughs> Scott Ian from Anthrax yeah. Has that XM program go, Called, you know, Don't meet your heroes
1: oh yeah yeah yeah
0: and he's like oh man i wish i would have never met this guy <laughs> but i've got to meet this guy and he was great did you ever get completely <laughs> just disappointed by me and you don't have to say even who it is but yeah
1: you-, you know what honestly i think because i was never like i've never just been into one genre of music i've yeah. never just been like this is my forever right I could separate myself completely out of it. And if so, if like someone was kind of a jerk or something, I would just, it just, it went in one ear and potentially out the other. And I just kept trucking along. So (laughs) to be really honest, I I mean, I've, I've had bad impressions from tours because of the way that they were run maybe by their management, but I never held it against the artist right? because it, it was always two different sides to it. You know, it's like. These guys are trying to make money. The artist is just trying to get up there and play music. Whatever happened in their day, I have no idea, but I know that my day was tough, so I'm just going to stay.
0: That's the other thing, man, is like just because it's Paul Simon doesn't mean he doesn't have gas or he's fighting with his wife or whatever, man. I mean, everybody has a bad day. day, Everybody has a great day.
1: One day he showed me a photo. Like We were in catering, and I was like— Hey Paul, how's your day going? He, and he like stopped, and he was like, Ugh. and I was like, oh jeez I just op- I just opened up like something I shouldn't have. And he like <laughs> sighed, and I was like, does he want me to walk away? And so I just stood there, and, like paused, <laughs> and then he reached into his pocket, and he still hasn't said anything more to me. And I'm like, and he pulls his phone out, and he <laughs> slides it open real slow, and I'm like, okay, he's gonna show me something now. And he's like, Phil, just my hot, like, and his house was like just covered in snow. He's like, I got to go home and figure out how to shovel. And his driveway, I mean, it just looked like he was about to go and shovel snow for like four hours. And he just was not excited about it. And so, yeah, like, I think that I just had a different outlook on it. So, like, if an artist ever was grumpy, eh, I just let it go. Yeah. Cause I mean, they're people. I'm grumpy some days.
0: You got to scoop snow.
1: <laughs> I don't think I've ever snoops, or scooped snow because, I, well, I've grown up in the desert and then yeah. now when it snows out of my house here in Tennessee, I just stay inside.
0: <laughs> Amy put a picture out uh, of me about, I don't know, <clears throat> two months ago, last time we had snow. And she goes, "Here's what <laughs> here's what happens when your husband was born in Nebraska and I'm out there in shorts and flip-flops scooping snow. <laughs> Yeah, what's going on here? Get the where are the dogs? So backing up, (laughs) technically, what is your what is your as a systems engineer, the big chief? First of all, who do you answer to? Mm. And second of all, what's your what's your daily schedule like? When do you get off the bus? Yeah, when do you when do you get back on the bus? What's your schedule like?
1: Um, well I'll do like a amphitheater tour cause okay. that was like, I think the busiest I would be because I would wake up and I would uh, go usually work out in the morning. So I was, the minute i f- ever felt the buses stop, I'd hop off, I'd go find a dressing room, I'd do like a, a workout. And then I would try to be back on the floor to meet like the, the rigging department and the stage manager and the production manager, because being a system engineer, you're kind of, you're you're helping them decide like, okay, can we open up these seats?
0: Uh, can okay. we,
1: and especially in like arenas, not so much amphitheaters cause they're kind of just standard issue, but like an arena, you know, you have to like be like, Hey, is that going to bone you today? Or is sure. that going to, um, or just walking the floor making sure like, Hey, like I'm looking at what's about to happen. Like there's no beam here to hang points. So I'm gonna have to move my speakers. Right. So I would wake up real early, go in, deal with all that. And as a system engineer, I'd have to answer to the production manager, the stage manager. Okay. Um, those were like my two big ones. And then some of the big, big tours, if there was like, you know, like the Justin Timberlakes and the, yeah. like those kind of tours, sometimes if there was like a giant, like technical issue or there was something that just, we had to stop the show for some reason, I would have to answer to like the manager manager. Okay. And that's just because they want to know. Sure. So they go back and tell them like.
0: But day, day to day, you're not talking to tour manager, mm, or any of that kind nah, of stuff. You're if more they, technical side. Yeah, it was. Not so much band
1: side. 100%. Okay. So like, yeah, if I, if, if I did talk to the tour manager, it was strictly a fun conversation yeah. out in front of house. Right. But talking to the production manager, it was like, hey, today, this is going on. I need to, do x y or z and they'd be like thanks yeah get out of my office now right. <laughs> <laughs> and then and it was i think that was the other thing to like touring in that sense is like i'm not an emotion like i don't take things like to heart so like yeah. sometimes like it, you have to go in there and have some real conversations and you're like hey by the way this just fell that's not happening tonight right <laughs> and then the next answer or the next question is like How long is it going to take to fix it? Or can we fix it? Or do we need to order a new one? And so that was my day-to-day. was always dealing with putting out a fire or trying to figure out how to accommodate a special guest that was going to be there or stuff like that. Okay. Yeah. And then making sure that then I answered to the front of house guy. Yeah. As much as I want to say the front of house guy was always my boss, it was the production manager. Yeah. Because... At the end of the day, the front of the house guy could throw a fit about sure. whatever. Yeah, but if the production manager, if we can't change it, it was production. We couldn't change it because of production. You know, so I had like three bosses.
0: You're going like, how big are you? You would really want to get in that toaster, and, and we'll see what that.
1: Could, yeah, <laughs> I, I, and what was fun to me it was like again, I'm a I'm a talker. I love to talk, and so being the mayor. I yeah. could always talk my way either out of an, out of something or like put someone out and be like, I don't know, like you should go look at that department. They really screwed that up and <laughs> take the heat off me for a little while.
0: So what were some of your best and worst venues?
1: Uh, uh, so I always go back to I loved playing Madison Square Garden. Yeah, it. Wasn't the best scenario for like loading trucks or oh, yeah. dealing with logistics getting into the building. But the show was always just absolutely amazing because you're just, you're part of history. Yeah. You're just continually making history in this building that's been there forever. And How many times have you been there? I think like 10 different times. Holy cow. Yeah. And it was fun. I got to take some really cool tours in there. Like we hung uh, Tommy, or I didn't hang it, but I stood under it. the... The roller coaster that he'd oh, ride yeah. out to front of house, Mommy you know. Crew? Yeah, so I have like uh, some really cool videos <laughs> and photos of him going over us, and and seeing it in the garden. The garden has a giant, giant, giant um, scoreboard, especially after they yeah. redid everything. And so, you go in there as a touring artist, like that doesn't go into the roof like some other venues. Oh, so you really? have to like deal with it, and okay. you have to grow. So being a system engineer, you have to kind of know these your limitations of where to put the speakers for the front of house guy and for the venue. And, yeah. and it was a challenge because then they also had like this ring around the upper bowl that you couldn't actually shoot the speakers unless you flew them so low you couldn't get underneath it. So you had to like okay. tie into their system. And it was a, it was a long day. Yeah. It was a long, hard day most days. Cause I would go in there with all a market tours that, you know, some of them, I think one tour we went in with like 30 something trucks. Gosh. And we did it We did it one night, had to tear it down, then they had like a hockey game, and then we had to bring it back, back the next yeah. day. I mean, it was like, it's already a hard venue, you just made our, our week harder.
0: Who was that? Uh,
1: that was JT. It might have actually been more trucks, but it was like, yeah. Gosh. Yeah. And a lot of it was staging, but still you yeah. being an audio guy, you, and it was in the round too. So it's not like it was just on one end. It was right. the entire yeah, arena floor. So you have to work with these other, you know, departments and you have to be like, Hey, the unions have already drop my truck. Can we make a little path right here? Cause once it starts coming, those guys bring it in.
0: That's what I was going to ask you. Stuff like that. You yeah. have to deal with unions. Yeah. Stuff too, don't you?
1: And it's, it's all of if okay there's a million ways to look at it some of them are just grumpy forever and you're never going to win them over but as long as you know that you can go in and just not talk to those guys or just have very little interaction with them and then you know you're about to walk into a hard venue so it's like well let me make sure my rig is a hundred or as good as it can be so that way like because they're gonna ask you the questions hey kid where does this go hey kid there's no sticker that tells me that hey kid you're like (laughs) All right for one i 'm not a kid, but for two, like read the freaking sticker it's it says it right there, and so mentally prepping tours, you do those things, you go through that checklist, so the garden was let 's just say one of my favorites, yeah, um playing like uh san diego's or the forums they're they 're old they 're amazing there's there 's history about them, but they 're just annoying too yeah. because you're just like it, there's ramps and <laughs> One of my most hated will probably always be Oakland, Oakland, uh, where they used to have the, uh, the golden state warriors Come play. See him. Yeah. yeah. It's actually has the very similar roof to Madison square garden. I think they were built around the same time. Probably probably by the same jerk architect. <laughs> <laughs> um, but this one is, is not 10 flo- or five floors up. It's down on ground yeah. level and you actually roll in, but you can't. Park any trucks in there. They're all. It's always a parking lot party. So like, you know, I went in there with Jay Z, and we had twenty something trucks too. And it's not just like, hey guys, take this speaker from here to there. It's like, hey guys, take this speaker to the other side of town where my truck is, and then put it in the. And so it's just like logistically like that. My day was always more taxed because I went from walking, let's say, ten thousand steps to walking, or you know, twenty thousand steps to walking forty thousand steps. So. That one would always be one of my... Do
0: you little... know that going in to these venues?
1: Oh, yeah. The first year I toured, no idea. I was like right. a lost little sheep. But then I was always the curious guy that would go walk all the back hallways and go walk all the yeah. places I shouldn't. And I started to learn all these little like holes that you could put stuff in or take gear away from or hide stuff. And then it's also hanging out with like roadies who've been doing it for 10 years. Right. They're like, hey, by the way, there's a storage hallway over there
0: you were talking about checking door handles oh yeah
1: I used to walk, that, that was always like it would probably looked like on camera I'm trying to break into all these <laughs> places but I was just curious like where's the locker where's the big locker room because yeah. you know you get into the the you're like in the visitors locker room now I want to see yeah. I want to see where Jordan showered and I want to be in all these other places and if the star didn't have it then I would try to like walk my way into it <laughs> So that, so yeah, like going into them as I got older into the business or more, whatever, like veteran of the business, I started to be like, oh yeah, like I can do this in this venue or, oh, today's going to be a extra long day. So let me take an extra pair of socks in with me because I'll sweat through those in, you know, four hours.
0: Do you like those kind of venues better or like the super weirdo, super cool venues like Red Rocks better?
1: You know what's funny is I never have done Red Rocks. What? Yeah, I've never. And it it was always one of those things too. I'd be with an artist, yeah, and then they would go do Red Rocks the next year that I wouldn't be with them, or like. So there was a a handful of ones that I was never able to go see, but at the same time, (laughs) the stories that I heard, yeah, I kind of didn't want to do it, but I kind of did want to do it in a way, just because. It's a cool venue.
0: Man, I was out there with FGL for uh, two days. Unbelievable, man. Yeah. It's such a cool place. And just that, I mean, obviously the history of that place. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I don't know what it's like to perform <laughs> at 6,000 feet, you know, in the mile high city or above that. Yeah. Probably I mean, a little taxi. So who was your, uh, who was your favorite act and, and why? Mm. I know you've been out with so many. I mean, can you even just give a grocery list of who you've been out with? Yeah,
1: like, so, like, um, I've had the opportunity to be with, like, uh, Alicia Keys, uh, Carrie Underwood, Paul Simon, um, Motley Crue, Guns N' Roses. uh, There's a, a Nickelback was another fun one. FGL. FGL. I've done... Luke Bryan stadiums, I've, you know, like I've, I've been able to see a lot of it. like Garth Brooks was probably a really cool one. He wasn't ever like, I never toured with him, but I'd went and did a, yeah. a few of his big stadiums as like, um, the delay support. Okay. So like we would hang the delay speakers because the stadiums would be so big and stuff. Gosh. Um, but my favorite, it's hard to say, like Carrie Underwood will always hold a very special place in my heart. Cause we were like the same age ish and Mm -hmm. when I started I think I was so different from some of the other people that had been on there and then I dealt with her not all the time directly but I'd be side stage and she'd come by and we just like would have like little small chit chats nice and then and probably because too like I was saying earlier like I've never been starstruck with I've been starstruck with like race car drivers yeah but not with artists and so I think there was like a little bit of like I never bugged and I never like prodded so she would like we always had like this little bond I'd bring family through and we'd take fun photos and her meet and greets or we would she would invite me sometimes because she had a personal trainer and them two would always be like hey you like to work out and at the time I was a PA tech so I went I had nothing to do during the day and so I'd go like run laps with them or I'd be like, Hey, what, oh, yeah. you know, does Carrie have a good workout today? And they'd be like, Oh, today's a killer one. If you want to join, I'd be like, sweet. <laughs> so that was a cool thing. Cause like, yeah. I don't know. I just got to be myself and whatever. Carrie got to be herself. And yeah. so th- that was always a real special, like cool tour. Um, and then when I came back years later, she like remembered my name. And it was like, there was something there that just was yeah. like, okay, we're people. Paul Simon. That was a cool mm-hmm. one just because yeah. He treated me like I was the youngest person on that tour. And he just treated me like a a kid. I don't know. Nickelback was amazing. It's hard to. Green Day might be my favorite because I grew up listening to Green Day. Yeah, for sure. And they're so good live. Yeah. Like there's no click. There's no tracks. It's just them and this audience. And they go in.
0: Don't you love that when there's no click, no tracks?
1: It, it's just I, a band, it just, just a
0: freaking rock band. Yeah,
1: and they were all of those guys were super nice too. Like I was hung over, laying on an amp rack. <laughs> oh no, sorry, I was I was I started my day in Moscow on an amp rack, dying, and then <laughs> so I eventually had to go. Hold
0: on, so I started my day in Moscow. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. I'd
1: I'd flown the speakers first, and then I started to die with my hangover, and we drank vodka in Moscow for you know hours and hours and hours (laughs) the next the day before. Um, But I ended up on the drum kit because I I think it was like time to put the opening act up or something like that. So then I was laying on the drum kit, and in comes Billy, and I'm like, I like just kind of like sat there because I wasn't sure, and I wasn't a barrier to be like. Hey, Billy, been a big-time fan of yours forever. Um, so we just sat there, and all of a sudden, he like walks over to me, and he's like, Hey, I'm Billy. I'm like, I'm Phil. Nice to meet you. And he was just drinking his coffee, and he's like, This is a big arena. I was like, Yep. yep. <laughs> and then it just kind of like, we trailed off into our own, into the distance. I went back to being hungover, and he went to back to his family, you know? So moments like that will always be fun.
0: He's <laughs> like, Hey, I'm Billy, and you're going... I know. I know. I know who you are. Your your picture's on the marquee out
1: there. I've always loved your Fender guitar.
0: (laughs) And the little Les Paul Jr. Uh,
1: And he had a rig. Oh, dude. He had a rig. And like I was telling you when I first walked in, I was like, wow, you have some beautiful stuff. But to me, like I just know certain things. And so when I walked back for the first time and I saw his guitar rig, all I knew is I was like, This is impressive.
0: He's got that purple, fuzzy Marshall. I think it's an old JCM 800, Mm. I think, that is one of the best sounding amps of all time.
1: Yeah, they're great. So I'll always, in my mind, I kind of go through a few bands, but Green Day was like little kid Phil touring.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Ah, that's great. So people that haven't been on the road as much as goofballs like us, it's pretty easy to leave people behind sometime but it's also hard to leave it's it's a family out there so how did you decide i'm coming home and i'm staying home cuz amy and i had that talk i i came home after one road trip and i just said i'm done i can't mm-hmm. go back out there anymore i just can't do it yeah. so how did you come Not that you can't, Mm because you're way younger than me and more (laughs) talented than me. But how did you decide? Well,
1: when I flew home from Australia after that Queen and Adam Lambert tour, yeah, there was certain things about the industry that I was starting not to like, and I think it was like little details of people just. Well, for one, accountants really started to matter because. stuff is expensive and people yeah. want to see profit. And, and to me, I started to, it started to become too much of a machine. And it's not that like I couldn't deal with the machine. When was this? Uh, this was 2020, right 20? at the beginning okay. of the year. Okay. But I had already started to see the trend like p- previous years. Like, you know, you'd hear these stories of like, oh dude, you're about to go out so and so. They're so awesome. They do all this stuff. And you get out there and you're like, oh, I don't know. It was all right. And it's not because yeah. the artist, it's because the there's just a lot to touring. Yeah. There's a lot of money out there. There's a lot of things that have yeah. to happen to make this wheel go round. And I, I got into touring not because I loved music and not because I loved technical gear. I got in it to have a Get party. Yeah, I, I did it strictly yeah. for the party. So yeah. when it slowly became like affecting also my relationship with my then time. No, we just got married in 2020. So, but prior to that, like I was living a rock star life as a roadie. Yeah. And it started to really, I think, take a toll on both of us. And so things were happening there. And then the party was going away. And I was mm-hmm. like, well, everything's getting more technical. I still have fun. I love these guys. I love touring with all this my roadie family. But maybe the road isn't for me. And so I slowly, all of, even flying back, I was like, maybe I just do country because then I can go out third Wednesday to, and then be Sunday. home Sunday. Yeah, And we can still have a family. We'd still do these things. And then the pandemic hit and it mm. was like, wait, maybe this is someone bigger than me talking to me and telling me, here's a chance to do something you've always wanted to do. And I took that chance and I said, you know what, I'm going to hang it up. And I'm going to, uh, I'm going to work on this personal project of mine that I've kind of always held in my hand and in my, we, in like the back of my mind. And I just, I asked my, my wife and she said, do it. Yeah. And all of a sudden it started happening and it was like, well, now I have a real choice. I can go back to touring cause everything started opening up and it was like, yeah. But if I wanted to hit my, what I wanted and I would never be able to do that touring and do the project. And so it was like, well, well, Let's hang it up, and then I'll just stay home, and then now I can dictate when I want to leave the house, and I can dictate yeah. all these things that were starting to become a lot in reality, and so it was easy to hang it up on that sense. it was hard because I would obviously miss my friends, yeah. So. But
0: if you got the cool tour and the money was right, you could do a podcast <laughs> from anywhere.
1: I mean, I've I've definitely been offered a few tours since I've hung it up. I bet. And uh all of them I've said, "Well, I really appreciate you thinking about me like that because it was it, and it was asked yeah, out of sure. love. It wasn't asked because I was the greatest system engineer. There's there's guys that are uh, a 100 times better than me. It was just because I was the mayor. They wanted their friend out there, and I wanted (laughs) to be out there. But I was also like, "Hey, I got a little uh, little dude at home, and it just take." If I ever missed him walking, now I would just crush me. So that was the easy part.
0: I always thought that, and I think it might have been Rick Nielsen from Cheap Trick said, "Nobody pays us to play; they pay us to travel." Yeah, and along those lines. You, everybody pays you because obviously you're great at your job, but they also get 20 hours a day of a great hang. Yeah. And it's like, we all, you know, there's eight, 10, 12, 14 guys on a bus. We got to get along. Yeah. And if you're not yuckity yuck, fun guy, I I don't want you on this bus. Exactly.
1: And that's Mm -hmm. what it was to me. You're exactly right. Like touring to me was like, oh, shit. Oh, I can just hang out with my friends. Yeah. And I would. And I, like, I wasn't a napper during the day. I just walked the venues and I would see like, Oh, so-and-so's at their workbox. I'm going to go chat it up with them for yep. a little while. Oh, me and this guy always have great conversations right after lunch. I'm always going to do lunch at this time. Yeah. That was touring to me. So as that slowly went away and then obviously the bar scene, like traveling the world, it's like, oh, okay. I kind of slowly stopped drinking too. Cause I was putting myself in like. I was was putting myself in a lot of danger, (laughs) um, and, but I had the stories. I already did it. It was fun. And it was like, you know what? I'm going to hang it up on a high note. I can always go back if I really, really, really want to, but it'll be on my terms. Yeah.
0: That's awesome, man. You want to do my lightning round?
1: I'm, I'm, I'm game for you. You can have anything fire.
0: All right. This is just questions. All right. And you just, do I need to close my eyes? If you want to, (laughs) you just compel me the answers. All right. What's your favorite book? Who are your favorite authors?
1: Uh, Think and Grow Rich was the first book I ever finished. No, no, sorry. Sorry, take that back. I had finished the Anthony Bourdain book, and I got him to sign it. That's my favorite, favorite book, but I don't read it all the time because it's not really – it's more just like Kitchen Confidentials. Great book. Uh, Think and Grow Rich is the – probably my favorite favorite book that i've read multiple times
0: think and grow rich
1: yeah napoleon hill um i'm gonna get that it's it's was written back in like uh, let's just say the 40s but it's a book about positivity in the brain and how to get through like if you want to go to the top of that mountain here's some real cool ways to do it i like it yeah
0: you a bath or a shower guy
1: oh shower
0: nice What's the last gift you gave someone?
1: I think I bought my wife a rock star at the gas station. Nice. <laughs> Is that a gift? <laughs> I've been stuck in. I've been. I really actually. I haven't gone shopping in a long time. Did
0: You buy a toy for your little boy or anything like that?
1: Yeah, maybe I did. Buy, oh, I bought him uh, three books on Amazon. <laughs>
0: I still like. I just
1: think about that. A
0: rock star at the gas station. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I gave up all like I, since I'm the stay at home dad now. Like I don't I don't have and it's I don't have a credit card really in my name anymore. <laughs> I don't have anything. I'm like I just like so like I had like a gift card and I think I bought my wife a, a rock star. That's the
0: thing about being on the road is you take your salary and then you have to realize that you don't ever spend a dime on the road yeah. unless you decide to go across the street from the venue to get some sushi or something. Oh
1: no. And I, I was that guy that's, yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: (laughs) Do you believe in Bigfoot?
1: Uh, yeah, he's out there. Yeah. Yeah.
0: What do you think he is?
1: Um, if I'm going to say he's in any place, it's probably where those big trees are in California. (laughs) They're good hiding spaces.
0: (laughs) Um, what was the first concert you saw? How old were you? And did you get a t-shirt?
1: Uh, it was that YouTube Public Enemy show, El Paso, Texas, ninety two. So I was ten.
0: And you said that was a Zoo TV tour, right?
1: Yeah, a Zoo TV tour.
0: Yeah, I saw that tour in Birmingham. Was that that's when he called uh, President? Was it President Bush? Mm. No, yeah, first Bush.
1: I don't even. I. Called, he called him on the phone.
0: Yeah, called called Ooh. called the White House every night from stage.
1: I was so, yeah. I just remember the the cars up in the, uh, that yeah. had the lights that yep. flashed.
0: Well, and, uh, the headlights were spotlights. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. Yep, I remember that.
1: I didn't get a shirt. No, no, I didn't get a shirt.
0: I bought a hat. But after he was, after Bono just railed against America and against the public, <laughs> it, I, I looked at the hat and it said made in Taiwan. It's like, <laughs> why is this not like made in Ireland? What are right. you doing? I threw the hat away. <laughs> So, what's the last movie you saw in the theater?
1: Hmm. Oh, wow. That's a tough one. Oh, uh, that the last horrible Jurassic Park movie. Okay. I, I went in with the intention that I was going to love it, and I ended up taking a bunch of little, um, Vodka bottles and got so drunk I couldn't even tell you how it ended. It was like where they mixed like the fourteen different animals together and made like the super Velociraptor thing. Right, right. Horrible. <laughs> Good on them. Good CGI, but was storyline wasn't for me.
0: In your mind, it was the Vodka Raptor.
1: Yeah, oh, it was and like. Uh, <laughs> but they were nice because they were the plastic bottles. So like, if they fell, they make a whole lot of ding, noise dong, rolling ding, down. Ding,
0: ding, ding. What uh, was or is your nickname growing up or now?
1: Oof, I have a lot of nicknames. Uh, the mayor. Re- the mayor's one. I was uh, on one tour. I was called the Painted Lady. <laughs> um. <laughs> I have some pretty other. I uh, was named uh, and Cabin from one tour. Uh, right, right. PK is a very popular one, just because it's my initials. Sure. Growing up, though, I I rode dirt bikes with a, uh, some guys, and there was a a like a really big time dirt bike rider, and his name was Phil, and my name is Phil, and so my friends just would call me Factory Phil. Nice. And so with that group of guys, it stuck. I mean, they still call me factory to this day. So, factory. like a factory rider was nice. the idea. And I wasn't. I was horrible. Yeah. I crashed more times than... That's all
0: right. <laughs> so, if money was no object, what piece of gear would you buy?
1: Um, If money was no object, what piece of gear would I buy? Oh, that's a good question. Probably a... Uh, Probably the the even though I'm not a guitar player, I'd buy the White Falcon, the Gretsch, yeah. just because I told you it's such a beautiful guitar. that, yeah. that I'd go, uh, I'd go with that.
0: Would that make you uh, take lessons to get to learn how to play?
1: No, I just put it in my Ferrari and we'd drive around. <laughs> I would just show it off.
0: <laughs> I, I didn't know you had a Ferrari.
1: I, well, if I if I didn't if I had enough money to buy anything I wanted, I, I would assume that a Ferrari would be parked in my.
0: You'd buy a Ferrari with a white falcon in it.
1: Yeah. Well, I would drive the Ferrari to Guitar Center, where they would say, "We don't have this," and then I'd be like, "Oh, I know." And then I would go order it somewhere else.
0: <laughs> right, is Billy Duffy around? Yeah. Hey, dude, do you have a guitar I can have? If you were going to be cremated. Hmm. Where would you want your ashes spread? Hmm. Hmm. hmm.
1: Interesting question. Because I'm
0: going to be cremated.
1: I'd probably go out in the desert where I grew up, just because I had yeah. so much fun out there. Yeah. Take me out there, start a bonfire, and then sprinkle me in.
0: Yeah, I like that. So, what would you be doing if you weren't doing podcasting and full-time father?
1: Ooh. I always said if I won the lottery When I w- used to work at Hooters when I'm, I was really good at uh, Great chicken
0: sandwich, great curly fries I
1: was That's really amazing. good at deep frying stuff I said that <laughs> if I ever won the lottery I would go back to Cooking at Hooters because it was such a fun I just had a fun time in life But uh yeah, I, would, I don't know. Probably cook. I don't know. I, really? I, yeah, like I'm not a great cook or nothing, but I think yeah. I've always just loved eating. So to me, like yeah. I would start a burrito stand or something Dude, fun I like that. I
0: freaking love that. I'll be right next yeah. to you.
1: Oh, uh, you know what I had an idea for? And someone could steal this. I don't care. Backyards
0: and burritos? <laughs>
1: Backyards. That, that's an <laughs> awesome idea. I made a burrito out of peanut butter and jelly the other day. Oh, my gosh. It blew my mind. And I wasn't even high. I just was like, this is like. So I, I told my wife, I was like, maybe I start a, a burrito stand, but we just do peanut butter and jelly inside of them or peanut butter and honey.
0: Dude, if you did that after like Grateful Dead shows oh. or fish shows, just only starting at like 10 o'clock at night. Clean up. You'd make a million.
1: i I'd Yeah. I'd, I'd have that white falcon in the Ferrari. <laughs> <laughs> but it'd have to be handmade tortillas too, because I'm part Mexican. Uh, so, like, to me, I'd have to have a hand. Like, they'd have to. I'd have to go find a really cool yeah. Mexican grandma and be like, "Hey, we're gonna start this business because you got the you got the love in making tortillas."
0: So, is corn or flour even a question with you? Uh,
1: you know, honestly, if I'm doing like. Real, real talk is yeah. Corn is definitely the way to okay. go. But I, I love my burritos in a good old fashioned yeah, flour. Me too. Yeah. There's, I, there's nothing wrong with it. Yeah. As long as the filling's good, don't matter.
0: Yeah. I gotta have corn chips.
1: <laughs> oh, for sure. But
0: flour tortillas, so good. I'm so. See, I'm too complicated.
1: Man. Nah, it's 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 all fun. <laughs> it's, eating's fun. <laughs>
0: Eating is fun. So, what are you listening to these days for fun?
1: For <sighs> um. My wife listens to a whole lot of stuff, so whatever she's listening to, um, I just let that happen in the house. And then like, if friends have something coming out, I'll put it on. But right now, I'm trying to uh, just be better at uh, doing my podcast gigs, so I've been yeah. listening to just random podcasts. I shouldn't say random. I've been listening to friends' podcasts, and then I've been listening to some of the bigger ones Yeah, that do interviews that are more talking because i'm just interested on how their platforms are yeah. not because i want to be better than them or i want to be them but you got to look at what's out there and kind of like okay well that makes sense and i think i could try that in my pot. because i'm only like 23 episodes in yeah so i'm still learning so right now i'm actually doing a lot of uh podcasts so not That's a lot great. of music actually you know what i'm gonna lie I, that was kind of a lie because there's one band that i just found <laughs> And I just, it, it rung a bell because I'll put it in the car as me and my wife are driving just for laughs. They're called Eskimo Cowboy. Nice. No, Callboy. Eskimo Callboy. Oh, okay. And they're from Germany. But they just have some of the greatest guitar. Like, it's hysterical, but at the same time, awesome just riffs.
0: Eskimo Callboy. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'm checking them out. Yeah. So what's next? Where are you headed? What are you doing? Did COVID slow your... Uh,
1: transition to it uh, down or um we're just honestly what is next is
0: to slow your wife down is she working out of the house or is she she's in back in the office, she now. Is in the office. yeah okay. so she's
1: back on music Row doing her stuff um f- being a full-time dad is it's hard and yeah. it's also very rewarding in a way because like i get to oh, see him yeah. all the time and i get to like help him like right now he's trying to walk and crawl i should say he's trying to crawl but he wants to walk right so for me i'm just kind of taking each day day by day and then there's the podcast so in between him napping and stuff i go and work on the podcast yeah and then once he goes to bed um i go work on my this project that i've been working on for a while that. If I was to say there's anything next, it would be that coming yeah. out, uh, hopefully November, December, or early 2023.
0: I know you don't want to talk about that yet, but you let me in a little bit. I yeah. can't wait for that. So yeah. that's going to be cool. It's,
1: and it's not. Be, it's one of those things where I, I just want it to be... I've told a few people, and I want it to be a surprise to the rest. Absolutely. Yeah.
0: yeah. Wait till it's perfect.
1: Yeah. I don't think... It'll,
0: well, yeah. I've learned there's nothing
1: yeah. perfect in life, so I just got to be happy with the product, and so that's what we're doing, and yep. I actually just hired on someone to, they're going to help me oversee some stuff to make it as good as we can do for it. That's awesome. Yeah.
0: So what are your socials? Where's everything? Where's Backyards and Bebbies? Where's your... Instagram. what's Yeah, going it's
1: on? it's all over. It's all. I think it's just backyards bevvies. No and in the middle. So backyards bevvies is on Instagram. We're awesome. on Facebook. I've I I actually have become quite a fan of TikTok. <laughs> it's so silly and dumb that you just can't <laughs> not like it. I mean, there's guys on there with like you know these giant beards in their tractors complaining about miley cyrus to you know these (laughs) old men dancing to i it's it's absolutely ridiculous what's on there stupid but it's meant to i think make you laugh more than anything else and so i've actually spent a lot of time putting some of the backyards of baby stuff up there but then i spend sometimes trying to learn these dang dance moves and stupid stuff like that but it's fun
0: is that just to make your son laugh
1: to make my wife laugh. laugh yeah. yeah, yeah. The yeah. son he laughs at me constantly. Right. Um, but yeah, so then we're on YouTube as well. So awesome. you know, and we're growing. I didn't do the podcast to see success tomorrow. I did it yeah. as a long term thing where I can have fun with this the rest of my life if I wanted to.
0: Absolutely. How many tattoos do you have?
1: I'm ninety percent covered, like head to toe. Are you really? Yeah, I got some. I think like the obviously my face isn't covered. The top of my head isn't done, but like the back of my head, I got a tattoo and then I got like, uh, my feet are done, my legs are done. Uh, I got a little on my butt cheeks, so <laughs> my butt is cheeks it, are
0: still open. <laughs> is it, <laughs> so to speak, So to speak. is it sad when you get to that place knowing like, uh, eh, what's next? Well, there's nothing next. Uh, or I've, do you just start modifying stuff?
1: Uh, you know what I've had a lot of fun doing is doing little, little pieces that fill in gaps and stuff like that, that I, uh, they're silly and I haven't, I've tattoos aren't fun. Yeah. Like I don't want to sit around for four yeah. hours anymore. I just want to go in there. Let's go have lunch. Let's go have a beer. <laughs> then let's go get a tattoo and let's go back to like having a beer again. And so I'm glad that I've done a lot of the big stuff. Now it's just yeah. filling it in and filling the the little.
0: Did the palm of your hand, did that hurt?
1: That was one of the worst. The palm yeah. of my hand. I've never sweated and <sighs> cried and. Because
0: it's it, big, man.
1: It's the whole side. I mean, um, I've done my, the inside of my <laughs> knuckles like three times but working on the road they'd always rub off seriously yeah so i've done these like three or four i think it exit four times um but the palm i went to music city tattoo here okay and my boy mike man he i i was like dude i i don't ever want to do the palm again because i'm pretty sure it's gonna hurt so just dig as deep as you can go and uh it stayed i mean and it's in there too Um, But that one I was holding my thumb down While he was holding my fingers down So like my arm was kind of draped across my wrist Holding my left thumb Oh my gosh And all my hand wanted to do the whole time Was like close Close. Yeah It was brutal (laughs) And then the feet, I think that was my other feet, shin, and hand were the worst.
0: You have your collarbones?
1: Oh, yeah, Yeah, collarbones. Those are bad. Yeah, that was, it was, uh, it wasn't fun. No, no, um, both my armpits are done too, (laughs) like. Everybody always asks. They're like, "What's the worst?" I'm like, "They all suck." Every yeah. single tattoo I've ever had was not fun. So I got 500. Out. So I got them all. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I wanted to be that roadie. I want, and that's where it's funny too, because it's like I've I've stood side stage on so many festivals where I'll just be like watching some band, just zoning out or doing something. Someone's like, "Oh yeah, hey, what time are you on?" I'm like, uh... I'm a, <laughs> yeah, like, uh, I'm a roadie. Yeah, like, I'm a roadie. They're like, oh, man, I thought you were, like, the drummer for right. a band. I'm like, yeah.
0: Yeah, we're going on after the headliner. Yeah, yeah. What? Yeah, what? <laughs> <laughs> PK, Backyards and Bevies. Thank you, brother.
1: Dude, thank you thank for, ha- you thank you for so having me Thank you so much on.
0: for coming out to Disgraceland on this chilly day, man.
1: Bart, this is beautiful. This is absolutely uh Thank you for being on my show, too, oh, by man. the way. Absolutely. Um, thank you. I look forward to, we already talked about doing an episode, too. So yep. thank you so much for having me here and awesome. inviting me in.
0: Have a great day.
1: You have a wonderful day. See Thanks, you everyone.
0: Brother.